chapter one, the fall. Gogo had pressed his forest against the screen for so long, he could feel a pattern of tiny checks above his eyebrows. He ran his fingers over the bumps and resisted the impulse to let out a primal caveman scream. It was building up in his chest the long gruntle or how result for real and modestly when you run out of saber-toothed tiger without your club or fire went out during the ice age he even went so far as open his mouth and take a deep breath before he banged his head into the screen with a quiet sound of frustration. (coughs) What was the point? Anyway, it wouldn't change a thing. Not the heat, not the boredom, not the endless space of summer lay out before him. He considered waking up Boots, his two-year-old sister, just for a little distraction, but he but he let her sleep. At least she was caught in the air conditioner bedroom she shared with this her seven with their seven year old sister Lizzie and their grandma. It was only air it was the only air conditioning room in the apartment. On a really hot night, Gregor and his mother could spread quilts on the floor to sleep, but with five in the room, it wasn't cool, just lukewarm. Gregor got an ice cream from his freezer and rubbed it on his face. He stared out at the courtyard where a stray dog sniffed around an overflowing trash can. The dog set its paws on the wood, tipping his hand and sending a garbage across the sidewalk. Gregor caught a glimpse of a couple of shadows shaped scurried along the walls and grimaced. Rats. He never really got used to them. Otherwise, the courtyard was disordered. Usually it was full of kids playing ball, jumping glow, or swinging around in the creaky jungle gym. But this morning, the bus had left for camp, and every queen between the ages of 4 to 14 had been there, except one. I'm sorry, baby, you can't go, her mother told him a few weeks ago. And she really had been sorry, too. You could tell by the look on your face. Someone has to watch Boots while I'm work, but we both know your grandma can't handle it anymore. (coughs) Of course he knew it. For the last year, his grandma had been zipping out in and out of reality. One minute she was... As queer as a bell, and the next she was calling him Simon. Who was Simon, anyway? He had no idea. It would have been different a few years ago. His mom only works part-time then, and his dad, who taught high school science, was off summers. He would have taken care of Boots. But since his dad's disappearance one night, Gregor's role in the family had changed. He was the oldest, so he had to pick up on lots of slack. Looking after his little sisters was a big part of it. So all Gregor had said was, That's okay, Mom. Camp's for kids, anyway. He shrugged 
and to show that at 11, he was past caring things about Kim. But somehow, it that had made her look saddle. Do you want Lizzie to come and stay with you? Give you some company, she asked. A look of panic had crossed Lizzie face, Lizzie's face at the suggestion. She probably would have burst into tears if Gregor hadn't refused to offer. Nah, let her go. I'll be fine with boots. So he was he was in hell. Not fine. Not fine spending the whole summer cooped up with a two-year-old and his grandma who thought he, he was someone named Simon, he heard his grandma call from the bedroom. Gregor shook his head, and but he couldn't help smiling at her. Coming, Grandma, he called back and crunched down the rest of the, his ice cubes. A golden girl filled the room this afternoon. Sunlight tried to force its way through the shades. His grandma lay on the bed covered with by a thin cotton quilt. Every patch on the quilt had came from a dress she had made herself th- through the years. In the more lucid moments, she talked to Gregor through, through the quilts. That this polka dot swish I wore to my cousin Lucy's graduation when she was eleven, when I was eleven, and this little one was a Sunday dress, and this white one is an actual. In fact, a corner of my wedding dress. I did not lie. This, however, was not a lucid moment. Simon, she said, her show, her face showing with relief at the sight of him. I thought you forgot your lunch pail. You get, you get hungry prowling. His mother had been raised in a farm in Virginia and come to New York when she married his grandfather. She had never really taken it. Taken to it. Sometimes Gregor was secretly glad she could return to that farm in her mind. And a little envious. It wasn't any fun sitting around the apartment all the time, but now the bus would probably be arriving at camp, and Lizzie would get, and the rest, of, and the rest of the kids would. Kiko squealed a little voice. A coy head popped over the side of the head. Me out! Boots stuck her soggy end of the stuffed dog's tail in her mouth. And we stuffed both onto this him. Gregor lifted his sister high in the air and blew out, blew a loud raspberry on her stomach. She giggled and the dog fell to the floor. He sat down to retrieve it. Take your hat, take your hat," said Grandma, somewhere back in Virginia. Gregor took her, her hand and tried to focus, to try to focus her attention. You want a cold drink, Grandma? How about a root beer? She laughed. A root beer? Why? Is it my birthday? How did you answer something like that? Gregor had. Gregor gave her hand squeeze and scooped up boots. I'll be right back, he said loudly. Her grandma was still laughing to herself. A root beer, she said, wiping her eyes. In the kitchen, Gregor filled the glass with icy root beer and made 
may boots a bottle of milk. Cold, she beamed, pressing her finger. Yes, nice and cold, said Gregor. Boots, said Gregor. A knock on the door startled him. The people had been useless for a good 40 years. He called through the door. Who is it? It's it's Miss Komachi, darling. I told your mother I'd sit with your grandma at four, a voice called back. Then Gregor remembered the pile of laundry he was supposed to do. At least he would get out of the apartment. He opened the door to find Mrs. Komachi. Manchi, Komeki, Maki, Komeki, Komeki, I think, looking wilted in the heat. Hello, you. Isn't it awful? I tell you, do not, I do not suffer heat greatly. She bustled into the apartment, patting her face with an old bandana. Oh, Eugene, is that for me? She said. Before he could answer, she he, she was gulping down the root rail. Like she'd been lost in the desert. Sure, Gregor mumbled. Came back to the kitchen to fix another. He didn't really mind Miss Comanche. And today is almost a week to see her. Great. Day one, and I'm looking forward to a trip to the laundry room, Gregor thought. By September, I'll probably be elastic about when we get the phone bill. Mrs. Clement Mackie held out the glass to for we filled. So what are So what are you going to So when are you going to let me read your tale, mister? You know I've I've got the gift, she said. Miss Ma, Mrs. Mackie posted Signs in the mail mailboxes offering to read tarot cards to people for ten bucks a shot. No charge for you, she always told Gregor. He never accepted it because he had a sneaky suspicion. Mrs. Cormacki would end up asking a lot more questions than he would. Questions he couldn't answer. Questions about his dad. He mumbled something about laundry, and he hurried off to collect it. Knowing Miss Comanche, Mackie, she probably had a desk of Terry's cards right in her pocket. <laughs> Down at the laundry room, Gregor sorted clothes as best he could. White stocks, cars. What he was supposed to do with boots, black and white striped shorts. He sauced them in the dark's fairy Sure, it was the wrong decision. Most of their clothes were kind of grayish anyway, from age, but not not bad laundry choices. And Gregor's shorts were just his winter pants cut off at the knees. And only he only had a few t-shirts that fit him from that fit from last year. But what did it matter if he was going to be locked in an apartment or summer? Summer. Ball, cried Boots in distress. Ball! Gregor reached his arm between the dryers and pulled out an old tennis ball Boots had been chasing along. He picked off the dryer lint and tossed it around so across the room. Boots ran after it like a puppy. What a mess, 
thought Gregor, laughing a little. What a sticky, crusty, dusty mess. The remainder of his, the remainder for uh, for lunch, egg salad and chocolate pudding was still evident on Boots' face and shirt. She had cu- colored her hands in purple, with flash for Marco that Gregor said, maybe a sandbaster could be removed, and a diaper sagged down around her ears. It was just too much. It was just too hard. Pot hot to put on sauce. Bruce ran back to him with, her, with the ball, drying, dry lint floating in her cars. Her sweaty face beamed as she held out the ball. What makes you so happy, Boots? he asked. Ball, she said, and banged her head in his heel on Puffet's speeding lap. Gogo tossed the ball down the alley between the wash and the dryers. Boots flew after it. As the game continued, Gregor tried to remember the last time he had felt as happy as Boots did when her ball. He had some decent times over the past couple of years. The city middle school band and had gotten to play at Carnegie Hall. It was pretty cool. He even had a short show on his saxophone. I that it always better when he played music. The notes seemed to carry him in a different world altogether. I think that's all, guys. Hope you like it. We're gonna read the rest later, but yeah. Anyway, bye.